0: This episode of Punk Rock HR is sponsored by The Star Conspiracy. The Star Conspiracy is the B2B marketing agency for innovative brands creating the future of workplace solutions. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. everybody. I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome back to Punk Rock HR. My guest today is Mercedes Johnson. She's a recruiter who went viral. I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth either, but that's exactly what happened because Mercedes went on Facebook and talked to her friends and family about her job as a recruiter. And she wrote this, I just offered a candidate $85,000 for a job that had a budget of 130K. I offered her that because that's what she asked for. And I personally don't have the bandwidth to give lessons on salary negotiation. Here's the lesson. Always ask for the salary you want and deserve, no matter how large you think it might be. You never know how much money a company has to work with. Hashtag be confident. Well, someone on Facebook saw this on Mercedes wall. They screen grabbed it and they put it on Twitter. And there are a lot of comments now, this thing went super viral. And some are asking, why would you underpay someone and then brag about it while pretending you're giving generous advice to the masses? And other people have attacked Mercedes for just being human, for being a woman, being black, being unapologetic, being confident. They are on her on the internet in very unkind ways. So I saw all of this and I thought, my God, I need to reach out to this woman. I want to hear her story i want to bring her on punk rock hr so that's what i did in today's conversation mercedes and i have a real discussion about the facebook post what she meant to say and what she actually did say how she's been treated and what she wants people to know i'll be back at the end of the conversation to share my thoughts and to wrap things up but in the meantime If you're curious about what went down and who Mercedes Johnson is, well, sit tight and enjoy this conversation. hey Mercedes welcome to the show
1: thank you so much for having me
0: well sure I'm super pleased that you decided to come onto punk rock HR and we're gonna have a really great conversation about who you are and what you're all about and I thought we would get started with you because you identify as a follower of Jesus Christ a faith influencer and a serial entrepreneur so you know I'm kind of nosy and I want to know who is Mercedes Johnson when she's not working
1: I'd say Mercedes Johnson is family-oriented, fine. I love to do things. I like to travel. I just love people in general. Well, I get that
0: sense because you were working as a recruiter, and I think you have to fundamentally love people to do that job. So before we kind of get started talking about your journey, can you tell me and maybe explain to our listeners out there what a recruiter actually does for a living?
1: So a recruiter does many things, and I think there's different types of recruiting that can be done. But in essence, a recruiter is a person that the company uses to bring the best qualified candidates into a role that they are hiring for. Whether that be interviewing, whether that be calling people, screening people, whatever it is it is to make sure that we have the best qualified candidate for each job.
0: Well, I agree with you. And a recruiter can also do a lot of administrative work. A recruiter can be a coach. There are a lot of different things that a recruiter can do. I wonder how you became a recruiter because I personally fell into that job because I graduated from college and I needed to pay back my student loans so how did you get into this field and who taught you how to be a recruiter
1: actually it's kind of funny I started off as customer service management and in that, I was actually managing a couple of other people in the customer service team for my job. And in that role, I was doing a lot of the HR background and hiring and kind of doing that. And I realized that I was more interested in actually speaking to the candidates and everything. And that's kind of where my interest for talent acquisition kind of started in the customer service world.
0: So you were working in customer service and you were you know, interviewing candidates and hiring them and you moved over to talent acquisition. Did you report into a director? Director of TA who took you under their wing or where would you learn how to do this crazy job
1: so it's kind of funny so I had a manager that I hit right off the bat with her and I didn't have any experience but customer service and a little bit of HR and she started me off doing sourcing and that's what I did strictly for a long time I was just sourcing and finding the best candidates or whatever and then that's when she kind of brought me into further into recruiting
0: that makes sense
1: you know I feel like sourcing is
0: such an interesting way to get into recruiting because you're actually out there looking for candidates well wait you tell me what does a sourcer do
1: so a sourcer is like a person that smiles and dials all day they're calling looking at candidates on multiple platforms trying to figure out which candidates are best for a role and just really pre-screening that's pretty much what sourcing is
0: so you were doing that for a few years and then you moved into recruiting how long would you say you've been working in the field of recruiting?
1: So I want to clarify, I was only sourcing for probably about six to eight months, but in recruiting, I've done about five years-ish, but altogether five and a half to like six. So, you know, Mercedes,
0: you're on the show today because you were targeted online because of a Facebook post that you wrote that was captured via screen grab and then shared on Twitter and went viral. So can you tell me about the original post? What did it say? And who is the original intended audience?
1: So the post that I made was basically a conversation that I had between me and a candidate about their salary and what they wanted in salary. And I was trying to express to my network, which is the people that are on my Facebook, kind of like family and friends, that it is important to ask your company for what you feel like you're worth, because you never know how much a company has to work with. And so that's kind of like what the post was trying to get across.
0: So, you know, in this post that you put out on Facebook, you talk about how there was a pay range and you offered a specific number that wasn't at the top of the range and you're pretty direct about it, but you know, you got a lot of blowback out there. And I just wonder, do you think candidates really know what a job truly pays? And do you think candidates even know what their worth is?
1: I do believe that candidates aren't aware of either thing. I believe that a lot of People don't know a budget for certain companies. A lot of people don't know what they're worth. And that's why I was kind of trying to bring awareness to it.
0: Well, you know, you were bringing awareness to it, but you were also saying that you don't have time as a recruiter to necessarily go out there and educate people
1: on their worth. If I read that correctly. Did I read that correctly? Yes. So to clarify, what I was trying to say is that as a recruiter, you only have so many hours in a day to speak with so many planned candidates that you have to speak to in a day, not meaning that I'm not willing to help somebody outside of work or on the side, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, I wonder, where do you recommend candidates go to find good salary information? Because I think there's a real interesting point that you made, which is recruiters are busy, and also corporate recruiters work Work for the company, and job seekers may not know that, and they're getting a real good education right now. So, if a job seeker can't go to a recruiter, where do they go to find their worth?
1: There's a few things they can do. They can definitely check the internet. The internet is huge. You can Google anything about a company with just putting the company's name in there. So, ultimately, your worth has to do with a lot of things. It has to do with how much work are you going to put? What is your work ethic? How long have you been doing this? What is your experience? Because you can have a lot of people that apply to. To a job with many degrees, but some have good work ethic, some don't. So that's the reason why I encourage every person to explore those things and think about how much work have I put in? How long have I been doing this? And then do your research on Google and everything.
0: Well, that certainly makes sense, except Google is a trash heap. I think you and I both know that, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of messy out there. And when I Google a job and I try to find out how much it pays, one job on the internet may say it pays 30 grand. And then you go to a different site and it may say 60 grand. So do you have any like sources that you recommend candidates look at specifically where they can get a little more educated about a job or a company?
1: We definitely have Glassdoor. We have salary.com. And I am going to do some more research on some new developments that I have actually come across this weekend of companies that will actually give you the background on salaries for or on a a website that will actually give you backgrounds on salaries from companies. But you don't want to go there as like 90 percent of your research, but it is helpful. It's a range.
0: Yeah, I wonder what you think about organizations that, you know, work in certain states that are now in cities that are now compelled to publish salaries. You know, there is this push towards salary transparency. And in my mind, if companies were doing that, you may not have been in the situation where you were feeling frustrated and offering people X amount of money and then having individuals get mad. So do you have a feeling about this pay transparency movement that's happening in America?
1: So I'm definitely for the pay transparency. But the only thing with it is that even if companies do post their pay for a job, that doesn't mean that you can't negotiate, or there's only so much compensation that a company can post. So, still, I think that it is important to know your worth and then still apply, even if it doesn't say what the company is paying for the job.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, this question around how much a job pays and how much we're worth is so subjective because I think there are people out there at different stages of their life, different genders, different races who interpret the word worth differently. So how do you know what you're worth in this world?
1: I believe that it comes from within. It comes from your experience it comes from reviews. It just comes from your experience really is where it truly comes from. But there's a lot of different factors.
0: Yeah, you know, I love that because I really believe that your work is not your worth. And yes, we all have worth like, you know, a recruiter may be worth $120,000 a year or a project manager is 185 or, you know, a brand new accountant is $65,000 a year, whatever those numbers are. But so many times we negotiate and focus on the number and not on like our souls, right? Not on who we are as individuals. And I think some of this focus on the number creates like a lot of insecurity and makes people feel like they're just a number and they may be taken advantage of down the road. Does any of that resonate with you? Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. It does make sense. And if we're honest, you will never be able to be truly paid your worth because I feel like a job, they don't really go together as far as like your worth and how much a job can pay you. But I do believe that's why doing your research and everything is important because you can kind of balance and weigh out all of those different things.
0: Mercedes, we've talked about how candidates can feel like they're at such a disadvantage and they suspect that companies are taking advantage of them. So one of the things I want to talk about is that you've been targeted as one of those individuals. People have said that you don't have compassion. And I just wonder what you think about that. And I wonder how that made you feel when you read that about yourself.
1: It was disheartening to read because I have respect for all of my candidates. I have respect for the companies that I work for and myself, and I would never want to make a candidate feel like that I don't respect them or I don't feel like I have compassion for them. There's just certain things in my job that cannot be disclosed from the company and different things. And so that's the reason why candidates must comes with their value. Because as long as you leave value up to a company, a candidate's value can only be as good as the company's budget for that job and not as good as the candidate feels about what they can bring.
0: You know, Mercedes, do you understand when people saw that Facebook post on Twitter? Do you understand how they would have labeled you as someone who didn't have compassion for the job seeker? Does that resonate with you? Like, does that make sense?
1: I understand fully. And I understand how it was a trigger as well because I feel like that a lot of the people that were commenting they were commenting with stories about what they've been through in their path in the job world or whatever and I understand too that a lot of them aren't in talent acquisition and they don't know how this works as well and I identify that it was a pain point for a lot of people.
0: You know I wonder if you can talk about how you've been treated online. What does it feel like to go through an experience like this?
1: I think definitely it was a little shocking at first because I was just living in Atlanta, you know, very low-key life to overnight being viral. And I think it was a huge spurt of growth and development and still is. I take development very seriously in my life. And I think this was a huge area for growth for me. And it still is.
0: Well, you know, when I first saw the comments about you and who you might be, like the person behind this post, my first thought is, my God, this woman is now in a reverse situation where she's being cyberbullied do you feel like you've been cyberbullied
1: I do feel like that it's a little bit of cyberbully going on. But to that point, I do understand people's frustration and I understand why it was a trigger for a lot of people because outside of me, and I'm working through that, but outside of me, I believe that this was a topic that my post kind of exposed. And I think that people are really, just really need answers about this subject in this area.
0: You wrote on LinkedIn a quote that I thought was really interesting. You wrote, you cannot possibly take responsibility for the things others do or say about you. People are cruel and will never change, but care enough about yourself to do the work for yourself. Get counseling, seek spiritual healing, build yourself up with positivity and support. I wonder, Mercedes, are you doing that for yourself?
1: absolutely and even more now
0: well what i'm trying to evoke here is a sense of like how traumatic this might have been for you because if i understand correctly you know you're a woman working in a job in recruiting putting out a private post on facebook that was screen grabbed without your consent and put out on twitter and people have been attacking you your personality your looks, your size. I feel like there's been some sexism there. There's been some racism there. I just have to wonder what this does to your soul, what this does to you as a human being. How are you feeling? How are you doing?
1: It's challenging and I'm working through it. I think another aspect that people should consider too is that, you know, I have a good foundation. I have family and friends and thought and things to help me work through it. And also it is challenging. I'm not going to lie to you and say that it is a challenging, it is, but I am taking corrective action and doing my part.
0: So what does that even mean? I mean, let's be real here between you and me. Like, what is corrective action? Like, (laughs) I mean, you, you said something that was like maybe a little sloppy and not well said and very much something that people have been saying behind the scenes for decades, right? You know, people when I was recruiting were actually bonused for paying people below like the midpoint. You know, that was a way that HR and recruiting demonstrated cost savings. This is not something new. And yet you've been fired and you've been forced to like repent in a way that I don't know, seems a little excessive. So like, what do you do with all this? What are you doing next? What I mean
1: by corrective action is I'm acknowledging and doing my part as to how the post came across. I do stand by what I said about knowing your worth and taking action that way. But to come is I'm still going to help people as many people as I can and give people the information in a good way and try to empower people to take action in their career and in the interview process.
0: I get that. Well, I wonder as we start to wrap up the conversation fundamentally as just a human being, I wonder how this experience has changed you. What have you learned? What's the most important lesson?
1: The most important lesson that I learned is to be more intentional with the things that I post and how things come across to other people. I've learned that this is an issue that needs to be further discussed and addressed. I've learned a lot about my own growth and development professionally and personal, but the greatest thing that I've learned is that more people need to know about fighting for themselves and
0: taking action in this area. One of the things, Mercedes, about your story is that your name got out. And so at least in the short term, when anybody Googles you, they're automatically going to see this dumb post that you made, right? Just you flippantly made it. And I want them to know who you are and what you're all about. So what's the lasting message you want to leave to anybody who's listening to this podcast?
1: So I do want to be clear that I don't feel like that the post was dumb. I feel like that it was not a great delivery, but I do feel like that it had a great message that I felt like people could take from it. I didn't do it flippant and I don't feel like it was dumb. I felt like it could have been better, but I felt like it is a message that came across. But to leave something with everybody, I do want to say that I've heard the comments, I've read what you all have said, and I understand how it could have came across better. But I don't want that to hinder the fact that it is important that we speak up when it comes to ourselves. And it is important that we advocate for ourselves in the interview process. And I will not stop talking about that. And I hope that in the future, I will be received in this area and anybody else that steps up in this area. And the last thing that I wanna say is to just advocate for yourself, whether that be professionally, personally, in your life, know your words.
0: Well, those are really great messages to leave our listeners with. So first of all, Mercedes, I wanna say thanks for spending a little bit of time with me today And thanks again for being a guest on the podcast. Thank
1: you so much. This is a great opportunity.
0: Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mercedes Johnson. Right out of the gate, I'm just going to tell you, I'm surprised by how young Mercedes is. I want to respect her privacy, but she's not just some dumb millennial. She is Gen Z, like she's young, y'all. And although she's been recruiting and has some customer service experience, she's at a life stage where she's new to a lot of things. And that definitely shows in the way she communicates and tells her story and even why she made the decision to put this on the internet. As you hear in the conversation, Mercedes is also confident, like she's not apologizing for this message. She just sort of wishes she said it differently. And I get that. Why would you apologize? Why would you back down when you've had hundreds of thousands of people attack you for who you are and what you're all about? If anything, I admire that she's confident. I admire that she knows who she is. And part of me wants to talk to Mercedes in 10 years to ask her, okay, now what do you think? Now how do you feel? Because I think it's still so new. And again, she's kind of young i think the third thing that really sticks with me about this conversation is that mercedes is being dragged for behavior as a recruiter that's normally applauded behind the scenes and she's being dragged by people who ought to know better if you're a sorcerer if you're a recruiter if you're a hiring manager you know that you have a budget aka a salary range and if a candidate comes to you and asks for something within the salary range but not too bad and you still have room you give the candidate what they asked for like that used to be a cost savings when I was growing up. In fact, when I was growing up, if the top of the range was 130 and we paid someone 85, I might get bonused. On that difference like people would be high-fiving me and yet mercedes is being dragged for it it is so unfair it is so hypocritical and there is a bigger conversation to be had one that's bigger than mercedes and also much more mature right this happens at the executive level this doesn't happen with a recruiter who's in the trenches so the hypocrisy just really bothered me and that's why i'm glad mercedes was able to come on punk rock hr and tell her story I am really honored that Mercedes said yes to this interview request. I'm one of the first she's done. I'm grateful she trusted me and I hope I did right by her. And I want everyone out there to know that I believe this young woman has a good heart, a good soul. And I'm so excited to see where her career goes. I think she's learned from this experience. I think as she talks about it, she'll have a different understanding of it, a different fluency as she gets a little bit older. And I just hope that if you come across someone who clearly has been inelegant on the internet, you think about them, you think about Mercedes, and you lean in to radical compassion and love. That's what this is all about. This episode of Punk Rock HR was underwritten by The Star Conspiracy. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. And this episode was also produced and edited by RepCap with special help from Michael Thibodeau and Devin McGrath. And you can head on over to repcap.com for more information. Now that's all for today. And I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. More importantly, I hope you learned a little something. We'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR.